Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Should I Play That, the video game podcast dedicated to video games and the culture surrounding them. And it's me. It's Rod. I'm here again, your guest host, uh, since Chris is away. He'll be back soon. And But in the meantime, I've got some of... Uh, some of my closest here, some may say. We've got the uh, the the ever present, ever reliable James. What's up, James? Yo, what is going on, everybody? What's going on, Roddy? Nah, just everything's good, man. Everything is actually really good. I'm I'm happy that we have made it to December. We made it to the end of the year. That's kind of <laughs> crazy. 2020 has been a ride. Um, yeah, yeah, is. yeah. So let's see if we can finish this thing off strong. We've got a lot of. Uh, of cool stuff planned, I think, for the end of this year concerning the show. So that's mm-hmm. super exciting. Uh, I've also got Subject T here, our mod for the Twitch show that we are typically doing. Uh, we've it's a little bit on hiatus, but it will it will return. Uh, but she's still here helping us out. What's going on, Subject? It's been going great so far. Good, I'm good. I like that so far. To twenty one. Or 2021. 2021, right. Let's just, let's get past these, like, next 30 <laughs> odd days, and, and yeah. We, we got this. It's no problem. Yes. We made it this far. In no way we can stop now. <laughs> yeah, and there's no way. There's no way we can stop now. And we're also 10 episodes away, guys, from episode 100, like, roughly 10. Jeez. That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Next year, baby, we got it. Yes. Do episode 100 with champagne flying everywhere. I mean, <laughs> that's the commitment. I'm not against. Yeah, it. I'm not against it. Uh, we need to find out where that money's coming from, but uh, I'm not against it. What? <laughs> like a I'm sure we can find somebody. Was yeah, yeah. Let's let's wait till Chris returns and see see what he's <laughs> have to say about that. He'll he'll <laughs> we'll leave up that on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, just just a couple uh, quick housekeeping notes here. Uh, we for the next couple of weeks, you may see a slightly adjusted show. Now I say this now, you may be looking at the runtime, and it may say two hours. But we're gonna actually try to keep things a little bit sh- on the shorter side because Game of the Year is coming out, guys. It's one of my favorite times personally of the year uh, when we begin breaking down uh, what the best game of the year actually is among the crew, among the should I play that crew. So I'm really excited about that. But in keeping with that, um, game discussion is we're still going to have it, of course. Uh, it's going to be like any other episode, uh, but we'll be kind of shifting th- some things around, adjusting the, the time length of certain things, just to ensure that uh, we're going to keep things super fresh going into the year. Also, if this is the first time that you are listening to us, which we get some first-time listeners, um, and as we approach episode 100, I feel like we're going to get some more as well. This Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Yes. Um, we What we do is typically begin with what we've been playing over the last week, get into some news going around the industry, as well as concluding with a topic. This week, we actually do have uh, a main topic that we do want to get to. So that's really exciting. But before we get into all of that, I do want to ask you guys, you know, make sure that Hey, how's you all's week been? It's been, I want to say, a couple weeks since we got together and spoke like this and recorded an episode. We've been putting out some content, um, but we were actually a week behind in real time. So, James, how have you been doing in the past couple weeks? Oh, man, the last couple weeks have been busy, but good, you know. Uh, Thanksgiving, obviously, was last week. Well, I guess not obviously, depending on when you're hearing this. 
But yeah, Thanksgiving was recent, and we had that like a uh, scaled back version at my house. Mm-hmm. It was still good to see some of the family, but you know, due to certain events that everybody's dealing with right now, we just kind of uh, we we kept it low key, mm-hmm. but it was still a good time. Good, nice, nice. Yeah, same here. We we had a a very relaxed time. I, I we didn't have any didn't have company or anything like that over uh did a little bit of a virtual powwow for like you know an hour or so but it was it was very low-key like you said but it was great you know it was the first time too that like thanksgiving dinner was was completely like on me uh so yeah yeah how'd that go pretty well pretty well all things considered like i had like some new things going on. Like I had never, don't think I'd ever had green bean casserole before. Uh, oh my goodness. That's okay. my favorite. One of my really? Favorite okay. Dishes. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was definitely good. We had that. We had a turkey. T- listen, a turkey in a bag. Like didn't <laughs> think Yeah, d- That's what I said at first. I was like, Oh man. Wait, what? So you go to like, really all these stores were doing it obviously due to, you know lockdowns or covid or whatever and so if you we got ours at uh target specifically but it was like a turkey it's literally in a bag it's already seasoned and cooked well i think mostly seasoned um and it's 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 generally done already (laughs) but you just have to heat it essentially i mean obviously you take it out of the bag of course but when you do it's like a finished turkey it's it's what the finished product usually looks like and you essentially just thaw it out in the oven now i thought that and it takes a few hours obviously as, to, as turkey does um but i was a little dubious that it was going to be as successful as it was it actually ended up being pretty good you know i threw some my own little spices in there of course you gotta you gotta season. You gotta season. The <laughs> yes, turkey. of course, of course. Oh my um, god! Please season your turkeys if you're gonna cook yes, one. Yes, absolutely. Too terrible otherwise. Terrible because turkey is like dry naturally. Like right, it's such a thick piece of meat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like a lot of juice exactly, in it. exactly. So we had to fix that. Um, so I definitely you know put my foot in it a bit as much as I could on a pre-made turkey, but it, it ended up being pretty good. Like I would actually do that again. Um, and for someone who didn't really know how to do turkey at all really or not much anyway uh it was fairly successful so yeah i it was it was good it was a really good time for me i I enjoyed it um subject how about you what what was your thanksgiving like um it was just my immediate family and then we went over to my grandparents that live in a very small town of less than ten thousand. so okay it was it was great my aunt canceled because she was supposed to be driving in from uh, Fort Worth, but she decided to cancel out of precaution, which was fine. But I think they're gonna try to make it to Christmas because they want to celebrate. They we want to, or she wants to have Christmas and celebrate her birthday at the same time. So that's mm-hmm. what we're gonna do. Nice. But then okay. I have a secret surprise. I got a job interview. Whoa, even I didn't know about this. Okay. You're getting a genuine reaction uh live on, on mic. Uh yeah, congrats. That is that's awesome. That is awesome. It's, um it's in the Austin area. It's in the Austin area. Okay, cool. I will ask you details about that off off mic for sure, because I want to know more about this. This is that's awesome though. Congrats. Seriously. That I is great. I haven't told my family either, so I'm, Oh I'm wow. <laughs> Okay, so I'm not going to tell them anything unless they said, yes, we want to hire you. Then at okay. that point, then we can celebrate. Okay, because 
I was, I was about to say, you could surprise him with this episode. You say, hey, guys, listen to Should I Play That around seven minutes in, and there's a little surprise in there. You could do that. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do like an actual, like, here is your job offer. Do you want to take it? I'll be like, yes. Get me down right. to Austin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, good luck on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a pretty, pretty good two weeks for us in the education field mm-hmm. we have two more wednesdays or aka two more fridays until school lets out for winter break okay okay nice well that's awesome i can't wait to hear more about this um congrats seriously that's great all right guys well i'm actually super curious what you've been playing so subject do you want to start us out what you've been playing I've been only playing two games, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, because I bought it on Black Friday for 30 bucks at Best Buy. I didn't go inside. I did curbside pickup, and that was easy. But okay. Those are the only two games. So, James, I don't know if you want to tag team Valhalla with me or not. I don't know how far you're in it or whatever. Hmm. Well, go ahead and do your thing first, and if I have something to add in, I will definitely drop something as well. Uh, But go for it. This game has really triggered my um, do all side quests, complete all areas within me, because for each little area, it has like, like just little squares to show like how much wealth is in this area, or how much uh, artifacts or um, world events or whatever. It has really mm-hmm. triggered me so much to where I want to complete it, but I haven't been doing very much of the main quest. I was able to get to the third area of the game, which is Asgard. And mm-hmm. it seems like they've really combined like the DLCs of Odyssey into... Uh, into the main game so they took all like the all three dlcs for odyssey were all in the like so the different the, mythology worlds of greece wait so you said you you're going to asgard this is the actual mythological land of asgard like of, of yes. odin and thor uh, what yeah you get to explore and just roam around asgard like, huh deadass looks like like Asgard from the movie Thor that like the um, Marvel adaptations like you can see right. the giant rainbow bridge that leads to uh, Himdall's uh, like lookout, lookout thing but tower. it's like slightly different like it doesn't have like a giant like rotating uh, observatory type of uh, lookout thing it's just a bunch of doorways but it right. still has like some similarities to it. Hmm. I think it's actually one of the coolest parts of the game just to see um the developers take on something like that cuz you know usually you get that that almost one to one you can walk around and do an actual tour of the location that they're setting the game in like how they did for uh Greece or for Egypt or whatever. Dude, I really but to see Asgard. That was really cool. version because they like the versions of like death like with each of the uh 
kings of Egypt or whatever, like, they each had their own, like, um, different type of world. Like, one was super dark, and one was just a battlefield with a bunch of soldiers fighting for eternity, and then one was, like, a field of flowers. Like, I really love mm-hmm. their takes on it. Like, their artists, um, they do such a fantastic job of that. I really appreciate it. And I feel like that's really carried over into Valhalla, oh, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so it, it, you really just get the um, the Assassin's Creed treatment of Norse mythology. Um, you're interacting with uh, Tyr and Loki and um, and Freya. Like, the gang's all here. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it's, it's, it's really cool. I did not see that coming, but I'm glad that they went this route. And it's really, like, whenever you first go to Asgard, you uh, see through your or I guess minor story spoils. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to wait five seconds. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. So you take a drink that uh, Valka gives you, and then you see your, like, you're supposed to see through the eyes of Odin back whenever he was alive, quote unquote. And um, they're... Uh, like, you see Eivor as your character, but he talks like like he knows everything that's going on in Asgard right then, because you're supposed to be playing as Odin, but you're not called Odin, which is weird. Yeah, I forget what, what his like, name is that they give him. Yeah. Avi, I think, or something Javi. like that. So I don't know what that means entirely, but Loki did call Javi a word or a nickname. And that's what you've been hearing in the one of the world events um, in the main part is uh, their anomalies, their the animus anomalies, and mm-hmm. they keep referring to someone as the Mad One, and they call Javi the Mad One, or Loki does at one point. I was like, wait a minute, uh, what's going on? So. I haven't gotten that far in yet, but I'm curious as to what that's going to be or turn into. That's that's all um, past stuff, right? I, none of this is is future related, right? right. Kind of like the world events, the anomalies they take place in real time because it changes from Avor to Layla, and sure, you're like yeah. trying to grab these like data packets or whatever they call it mm-hmm. yeah and like you'll like layla will hear some like talking or like a like pieces of a conversation and um they and like these people keep referring to someone as the mad one and whatever they did so you're like um so what is the ending gonna look like so it's a little bit weird hmm. okay huh so how many hours uh, not, would you would you say that you're in right now? Um it's a lot. I think I'm like fifty hours and it I'm sounds like, it sounds like you're ashamed to say that. <laughs> I am so ashamed because Why? one of my best friends, um, she's also playing it too, and she's already reached another um she's way farther in the story than I am. And she's already been to like the fourth area and I haven't been there yet. Cause I'm stuck doing, um, more alliances and stuff. 
And mm. I've like I just been doing a bunch of side quest stuff. So do I feel, feel like really ashamed. That's just the nature of these games. I mean, do you feel like that stuff has been fulfilling to you? Like in terms of your your hour count? Uh it's like 50-50. Oh, okay. Like I thought Odyssey broke me of trying not to complete the map and just do the right. side quest. Mm-hmm. And this game they changed it again to where you have world events that are technically side quests, but you don't know what they are until you reach there. And so it's it's really frustrating for me and my gaming OCD of trying to complete the map, which Ubisoft has deeply, like, um, Pavlov's dog me so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think with the last couple of these games have have done that to quite a few people with you know origins and, and odyssey they're just such massive games it's it's difficult to, to really see everything like 100 percenting a game is like a hundred over a hundred hours well over um, well i 100 percented origins but i didn't do that uh to odyssey but i'm pretty close i think i'm like 92 percent on odyssey and i'm sure you that was around 100 hour playtime, something like that uh i think origins was like 115 maybe i think odyssey was 125 ish or so i think this game is gonna break 150 easily yeah yeah, which is and like I'm ashamed. I mean, that just it feels it, when I hear numbers like that. I know some people hear it and they're like, "Yes, I can play forever," but I hear I just it feels like bloat to me. Like, yeah, like how much of it is substantial? But also, it just for me, if I ever get to this game, like it will be a matter of like I'm going to pick and choose and already understand that I'm not going to see everything in this game. I'm just going to live with that. Like I'll I'll maybe get through the story and do maybe some of the side quests that seem interesting, maybe things that have a, a tangential narrative element or something. But there's no way I'm going into any of these games expecting to see everything. And some of them have like some of the world events that are unmarked. Some of those are like legendary um, animals. Some of them are really hard boss fight or like yeah. mini boss fights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of hard to tell once you get yeah. there, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, it kind of is. And yeah, there's one. I think it's called like Fly Angelic or something like that. And like Avor literally takes like a handful of shrooms and eats them, and then starts seeing stuff. And then you're supposed to solve that puzzle, and then it'll be completed, and he'll come to some like high realization or something. It's hmm, kind of funny. Yeah, that's just another Thursday night for me. <laughs> but yeah, I this knew. game is so overwhelming. It's like they co- they combined like how big um, like Odyssey and Origins together and just made it into like different regions. Hmm. I don't know. I actually feel like this game's a little bit smaller. You would, which I, I I'm actually grateful for. It doesn't seem so overwhelming. I think it's because they probably I, broke it up into like several smaller regions. That's why. 
And that's fine because then they can do things like make them interesting. Yeah. Because now we get stuff like Asgard. Like I, I will never forget the time when I this when I first opened Odyssey's map oh. and I zoomed out once and I was like, oh, okay. And I zoomed out again and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then the third time I was like, oh wow, really? And that fully and zoomed then, uh, out is still you have to scroll. Right. And I still have to move, right? And I was like, nope, yeah. nope. This is too much game. <laughs> At least <laughs> this is too much. Origins game. is probably the smallest out of all of them, just because whenever you zoom out, you're fully zoomed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure they said that Valhalla is the biggest one in terms of like, like if you count the Maybe total dense. areas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part what like part of its advantage is that it it packs in very well into that yes. map. And using things like the, the rivers cut down on traversal time, so it doesn't seem so mm. bad, but you still get a lot out of but it. But you still have to run by certain ports to unlock um, fast travel stuff, which is kind of annoying, to be honest. Honestly, no, I, I disagree. I think that's the best part, because if I did, so, you can do something like set a waypoint at the far end of a river mm-hmm. and just autopilot your oh, way there. okay, I see what you mean. And it picks up all those markers as you roll past them instead of having to climb to the top. Okay, I see. So it, yeah. So I, I spent maybe like a good, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour just like riding around just to open the map up a bit more. And then it, it really cuts down on like that, uh, the intimidation factor of having to go through all of this map. Yeah. I would say if someone wants to kind of like speed through it, like say if you have Chris's attention span and probably not gonna finish it like i would only <laughs> sorry i not even, not even here to defend himself hey we already talked it. about it in the group text <laughs> already called him out on it <laughs> he knows he knows but like i think the most you can probably do are the raids just so you could build up your settlement and get like certain things and stuff but other and then I played a little bit of Pokemon. Let's let's go, Eevee. Man, those characters are so cute. Like Eevee is the cutest little thing ever. Like I want one. Okay, what so you dog? just you just picked up uh, Pokemon. Let's go, Eevee. Okay, tell me about this because I actually really liked this game uh, when I played the Pikachu version. I guess I don't know a couple years ago. I, at this point, uh, I'm a big red and blue fan. Like I, that's my. Fa- I'm a Gen Oneer. People hate people like me, but you know, hey, it is what it is. I I love Gen One, um, and so I was really hyped to kind of see that that particular adventure recreated in uh, in in the Switch. Like for I guess this this new console-esque world like it was the first pokemon game i think before x and or was it x and y or sword shield whatever um sword yeah, yeah. Sword, thank sword you shield. before sword and shield that was like oh wow this is like a, the first pokemon game not on a handheld like technically you know um so i was really excited and I've, I've talked about this game on this show before but but like it was really exciting to me so i'm, I'm curious like what made you purchase it in the first place and like are you enjoying it right now Oh, I wanted to buy it just because I wanted to uh, play a Pokemon game from the beginning and I didn't feel like buying Shield again. Mm, Or not again. Well, technically it would be again, but I bought it for a different Switch account so I can Mm -hmm. transfer Pokemon. But um, 
I just wanted to replay through a Pokemon game, and Let's Go Eevee was on sale at the time, and I wanted to play through the game again, and I fucked up on naming uh your, like, the companion that's with you, or, like, whenever you go get your Pokemon or whatever. I accidentally named him Blue, and I didn't realize that Blue was actually another character, so I I have two Blues. I have two people named Blue, so I. Oh, that would. Oh, yeah, that weird yeah, kid. Yeah, that weird. He's talking about the hop equivalent, the way that he acts. So I kind of oh, fucked up, yeah. and I have two blue characters <laughs> instead of red and blue, because I was trying to go for that, but I forgot. Right. Yeah, I, I guess the canon is is red because I, I was a blue person myself. So like, you know, my player character was always blue. And the rival was red. Uh, that that's that was always how it was for me until I grew up and realized like, oh, okay, most people like red was the more popular one. I I guess because people like Charizard more than Blastoise. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, even though Blastoise clearly the best, come on, come on. Um, but I'll give it to you. He's good. <laughs> he, Hell yeah, Squirtle Squad. I, I love I I love he's like my favorite Pokemon of all time. Like Blastoise is the is the shit. I I just thought it was so cool that he had guns on his shell. Like that that was such a a ridiculous concept. I was like this I need this. I need this in my life. This is what Pokemon yes. is. So you were a Digimon kid, huh? Digimon um Digimon were cool. I don't think I liked them at first, but then when I actually started like well, like just with the designs, but when I started watching the show, I was like, "Oh, okay. This is this isn't bad." I thought it was the Pokemon ripoff, which I guess some people still believe, but I I actually thought it was fine. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I find Let's Go to be in a really weird spot narrative, and I know yeah, Pokemon narrative. Who gives a shit, right? But but like, yeah. I it's in a you'd be surprised. It, it, <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, it's it's weird because like it takes place canonically after all of the red and blue stuff has happened and presumably gold and silver as well but like mm-hmm. the same things are happening like this yes, right. like this like the saffron city uh what is it the mansion or the the uh casino or something is like the game yeah the game corner it's like still getting broken into it's still a, a team rocket hideout like still <laughs> and it's like dude we cleared this out twice at this point and people in the city are like acting like it's it's just never happened before they're like they're like oh my god i can can you believe it and i'm just like yes can you maybe believe it's like, it <laughs> maybe it's like a, a groundhog day scenario oh my god pokemon <gasps> is nothing but a groundhog's day scenario i've never thought about that Might it's probably well true yeah yeah, but I can everything. see them, like, redoing all the gens, like, just individually right. using that style. Because I thought it was so cool to see, like, Pokemon in the grass instead of just, like, ruffle leaves or whatever. So you can actually mm-hmm. pick and choose what you want to catch. And for right. me, I just want to complete the Pokedex. And so it'll be easy for me just to avoid Pokemon and just uh, catch the ones I need. Yeah, that's a great quality of life change. I, I love that they did that. It's stuff It's stuff like that that make me really enjoy the game um, and, and make it seem like an effective, overall, an effective remake. Yeah, and I can, now thinking about it, I can see why they wouldn't implement 
that in Sword and Shield just because there's a lot more Pokemon and I bet they tested it and saw how sluggish the Switch would run on both like handheld only and then the docked one. Like having to render all those yes. ones. Yeah, that could be pretty insane. Yeah, like mine still even kind of like chugs a little bit down to like 15 frames. Um, even though I have it docked. So I can see why they didn't do that. Where is my Switch Pro? I know, where is my Switch Pro? <laughs> they need one. <laughs> need one with this. Not even for the resolution, just better performance. Oh my god, please. Like just a slightly better GPU chip. You got it. You got this, Nintendo. I believe in you. <laughs> well, they just started with the, their online service, so they they got to get there. They're not getting online. It's not happening. <laughs> and we're not getting themes either. If 3DS got themes, the Switch needs themes. But anyway, yeah. I'm really enjoying Let's Go Eevee. And so are you enjoying it more than Sword and Shield? Or which one do you think are you enjoying Um. More? I've really enjoyed Crown Tundra just because uh, Penny or what's that flower called? It's like a small pinkish flower that's like really fluffily. I think it's like Penny or Pinoy or whatever. I have no uh, idea. I don't know flowers. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm lost. <laughs> okay. Well, is a Pokemon. Well, yeah, because um, you have Rose, who's the villain and his brother is also named after a flower that's the that's the joke um yeah. uh gotcha good old plant yeah. humor well <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah brother... that, that plant humor so reliable <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a, it was supposed to show like their brothers because mm. one they look alike and two they're both named after flowers and mm. so like all the professors named after trees. I get sure, it. okay. I mean, you know, Roddy, it really grows on oh you. Oh. It could sprout up anywhere. Oh. Boo this man. Mute his audio. The roots run deep. <laughs> oh my god. Mute this man's audio. Oh man. I'm mad I didn't come up with that. That's really clever, James. I that, I expect that from James though. Like that that level of, of cleverness and wit. Yeah. Okay. I, I Oh, accept. you didn't like my joke earlier in the pre-show? <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't like my joke in the pre-show? I don't even know what that was. I have no idea what reference that is. I I I, I don't it's know if that's a D's nuts joke. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't catch the sophistication. I'm sorry. I am unsophisticated. It's not sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really I think my favorite Pokemon stuff right now is probably that Crown Tundra DLC, just because I had mm. such a good time with like the corny <laughs> jokes and like Penny being like a or Pinoy or whatever, it being mm. such a weird character, but also like likable. Like he yeah. wasn't annoying. Like he was just likable and funny and like the weird dad that embarrasses his daughter because the daughter runs away as soon as they get there. So she can just go do raids. That's all she's there for is to do raids, to do yeah. Pokemon raids. It's funny. Yeah. Like it's a really good DLC. Okay. But other well, than that, I haven't done anything much. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've had a good time with two of, of these games, and that's awesome. So, so yeah, thanks for the 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 in depth uh, coverage on that for sure. James, what what, what you been playing, man? Uh, 
Well, I too have been um, dabbling around in Valhalla, going through England and uh, Norway, just having some fun with that. And I, I guess I echo a lot of uh, subject sentiments about just how well the uh, the side quests have been implemented into the game. Okay. To almost to incentivize traveling a bit yes. more. Um, it doesn't feel like so much of a chore just because there's a bit more to do. Mm-hmm. I still think maybe the game's a little overstuffed. <sighs> There's so much stuff. Um, but, you know, that's just the, yeah, that's just the Ubisoft mm, thing at yeah. this point, which I feel like they may be remedying soon. We'll find out next week when Immortals comes yeah. out. But um, I mean, besides that, I've been having fun just uh, looking around, trying to find new armor pieces. Uh, I've been farming materials, trying to upgrade my gear, because mm-hmm. that's something that, that they did differently this time around that I appreciate. Okay. Um, they played Odyssey a lot more like a, a Destiny looter shooter type game where you were always in the menus swapping out gear, mm-hmm. always in the menu trying to find like what's the best piece of gear for that. And it just kind of takes you out of the the whole experience, you know? Right. Huh. Um, in this game, armor is a lot more limited, but it incentivizes upgrading your armor. So you, you gain that attachment to a piece of gear like... um. For me, the story goes that Eivor is part of the Raven clan. So I'm just going straight up Raven gear all the way through. Uh, oh, for for clarity, there are three different types of uh, of armor classes. There's the um, the Raven class, the Bear class, and the Wolf class. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're Assassin, you're Ranger, and you're Heavy. Yes. And so as you build through your skill tree, you unlock different bonuses for having... Um, complementing types of gear. So the more Raven gear I have, the better my stats are if I invest in the way of the Raven. And that sort of thing happens with the bear and the wolf also. But since I'm just like the way that feels in the story of this, this connection to the Raven, I've been sticking to that armor class. I've been sticking to that play style. And so it's basically just your assassin. Hmm. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, so I'm, I've been investing my resources into upgrading the camps which gives me access to more types of things to buy more uh, materials to buy to upgrade my gear and it kind of feeds into itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not in a grindy sort of way which is really that was going to be my question when I, and i think you may have touched on this a bit last week as well but like how like on the hamster wheel do you feel if at all i don't feel like i'm on a hamster wheel okay um i feel like i'm I feel I'm sure I am, but that's that's part of the magic. It shouldn't feel that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. I am steadily getting rewarded. I am steadily getting stronger. I'm having more fun with the encounters because I'm unlocking more skills that I've been finding through exploring. My gear is getting better because I've been grabbing more resources while I've been fighting, while I've been exploring. Mm-hmm. And so nothing feels wasted. Hmm. Which is which is a nice feeling in a huge game like yes, this. absolutely, yeah. That seems like a, a really uh, quite a big success, I think, uh, for for this type of game. Wait, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, yeah. What do you think about Avor personality overall? Because he's not an Ezio. Not at all. No, and he's very so different from the I've others been... as well. I'm not really sure where I feel about Eivor yet. I'm still trying to get a read. I've been playing as the female Eivor for the main story. Oh, you are? I'm the male Eivor. I'm really Eivor. glad. But here's the, here's the cool thing about that. 
it just ties into the use of Asgard. It felt weird having them always refer to her as he. So I'm using the male Eivor as my Odin. Oh, did you uh, do the let the animus choose? Mm-mm. I chose when I got there. Like after the first cutscene, I was like, that seems weird. Wait, I have a male character. Let's use him. Oh, are you swapping so, like whenever you mm-hmm. feel like it? So when I. Oh, right. okay. So that's a cool little piece of customization that worked out for the narrative. Um, but personality-wise, I don't know. I'm not sure if I really get a read on anything in particular about Eivor. Um, besides, I'm a Viking. I'm here to get my <laughs> house set up. And that's about it. But it's not a bad thing. Wait, how far into the story are you? Um, Into the story, I have finished... Uh, my first allegiance hunt, if that makes any sense, if you know what that oh, means. Oh, did you did did you befriend Soma? Was that her name? Um. Yes. Okay. Yes, Soma. So I think he gets better because he's not a dumb brute. Like you really start to get to feel whenever you have to make more allegiances. Like right now, I have to. I'm in East Anglia, mm-hmm. and he's very smart. And, you know, I think I might have picked up on that, but not through the story beats. I've been doing a lot of the flighting missions mm-hmm. just because I, I like to make sure I have my stats up as high as I can because that came into play during the Soma missions. And I was like, oh, I got to go find the rest of the flights oh, yeah. I think and get my charisma up. Dude, I think that's the only, like, benefit of the um, kind of like the world event stuff is getting flighting up. Because I haven't seen the need mm-hmm. to do the dice game. Except for the only time I had to use yeah, the they're... dice game, like play it outside of like the tutorial thing, was mm-hmm. to get information on an order member. But that was about it. Well, you know, they just they needed their version of Gwent. Oh, yes. So. That's true. Here we are. But yeah, flighting is so cool. But it, yeah, in those moments, Eivor's character kind of really shines for mm. me. So I need to get further in the story to see. But the wittiness on display, I, I appreciate so that's a lot of fun just to see how she'll bounce back from insults and how quick she is to uh, to put somebody in their place. Not always with her fists, but she's just like, which like, yo, you're not going to you're not going to talk to me like that. I got something. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it's cool. So I'm looking forward to doing more with the story. Um, I'm about last time I checked about 38 hours in. And that's really just been doing side collecting, grinding up, and that sort of thing. I can see people uh, easily blowing like 200 hours on this game if they want to full complete it. Yeah. I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> I don't think I am either, but I'm like this close game. on completing some areas. But mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I, but like it almost feels like I have to because I'm stuck I've on only, that wheel. I wouldn't we. I've only done that with two of the games in the franchise. That was uh, Black Flag and 2. Okay. Yeah. Those are the only ones I've ever, like, 100%ed. So it has to, like, really grab me for that to work. So we'll see. But um, that's going to be difficult now since I picked up Hyrule Warriors. Uh-oh. <laughs> and that game itself is just grind central. <laughs> huh. I played that previous uh, Musou game, and that one was pretty grindy on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. But 
that's part of the fun with, with that that is the fun for this kind of game so first let me explain what a muso is to those who may not be familiar um games like dynasty warriors where you have one or two central characters versus armies of thousands upon thousands of enemies and the fun is basically the is watching the spectacle of the attacks and watching that body count rack up <laughs> you get like a <laughs> A big reward every time you pass like a hundred bodies. It's like, oh, we'll KO. And so you push one of these huge battlefields, you're trying to capture points, you're wiping out enemies, you have a lot of fun combo attacks. And they've taken that formula and thrown it into the Breath of the Wild universe. Mm. So I can't it's not even a skin. It it's you're it's Breath of the Wild <laughs> with Dynasty Warriors mechanics. How successful is this for you? I I love mm. it. Okay. Okay. I think I think that this is probably the place to start if you have not played Breath of the Wild mm. because okay, if you are not very good with the breadcrumb narrative and you kind of want to know what's going on and understand the world, this is the place you want to go first. If you were more of like that, let the world tell you as you play Dark Souls style of person, right. then sure, Breath of the Wild will work for mm-hmm. you. But the benefit to this game is that it's set 100 years in the past, and you get to see what exactly transpired before the events of Breath of the Wild when it picks up immediately. Um, you get to interact with Link and Zelda and the Four Champions and the King of Hyrule. And it's all fully voice acted, and the cutscenes are really well done. Like it feels like a movie. Mm. Okay. So, so if you're trying to get your lore and really understand Breath of the Wild or what's going on, this is the place you want to. So be. there's voice acting and everything, right? Yes, everybody's acted except for yeah, Link. Except for Link. Okay. Yeah. They even have like a like a BB-8 RTD2 character in the style of a guardian. So if you if you love those little beepy boopy guys, they're here too. <laughs> I love them beepy boopy guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, those they sell. Yeah. Kids love it's those. It's true. Things. It's very true. And now Zelda has one. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So I am. I, I like Breath. I love Breath of the Wild. Great game. Awesome game. Mm-hmm. Um, not so hot on Musos though. How likely is this game to grab someone like me? Do you care about the story of Breath of the Wild? Mm, it's not really why I liked that game, but I wouldn't be—I wouldn't mind if the story is like actually decent, though. I, I'd be interested in, in okay. the world. Yeah. Well, I think that that's where it's really going to draw you if you're not a huge Musou mm, fan. Okay. If you found yourself interested in the characters of Breath of the Wild and you want to know more or get to understand that camaraderie between mm-hmm. them, or just like what the war was when the great calamity happened. Mm, okay. Then I think you'd enjoy checking this out. Do you think that, uh, cause I remember when this demo dropped, you were really high on it and it got me interested to check out the demo, which I believe I may have downloaded. I just haven't played it yet. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it, does it do anything significantly different from other Musos to set it apart? Or does it really rely on that breath of the wild um, aesthetic to kind of carry it? Um, it's not just the aesthetic, it's the mechanics as well. So you have like the destructible environments, they play a role into 
picking up materials for different things you'll be doing across Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the general loop is you'll go through a mission, you'll kill enemies, you'll pick up resources, you'll take that back to the um to the menu screen or the main map, and you can do things like open up shops or reinforce stables or just basically help the citizens of Hyrule. Okay. And by helping those citizens, you unlock things like more combos for your characters or different weapon types or um, different rare materials to upgrade your weapons or um, what else do you usually pick up? Just again, it, it feeds into itself. Okay. You're, you're fighting to get materials to upgrade yourself, your, um, your HP, your attacks, and um, unlock new characters and that sort of stuff, too. Mm, okay. I, all right. So if you, so I mean, you could definitely just play this game for the story if you wanted to, and you would get plenty out of this game from what I'm seeing so far. Mm-hmm. But if you also want to be a person that min maxes weapons, um, so you can you can reforge weapons to get different abilities. Like um, for every 100 kills, you gain a damage boost, and you can stack those on top of the same weapons. So then you're hitting like triple times your normal damage after a certain number of kills and it can make you a tank hmm. or if so if you want to try and just forge out that that perfect master sword or that perfect bow right you have the freedom and plenty of content to do so to do it okay all right yeah, yeah. It, it seems like something that i'd be willing to at least check out you know um because it's it, it, that makes it does seem like it has ambition beyond just like mash a 50,000 times to watch. Yeah. And every, every character plays so differently too. Right. So it, it, so even though it is the same button presses, it's how you use those button presses right. that, that makes things different because blink is your all arounder Mario mm-hmm. Jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have like Rivali who, who's does more damage in the air. It's primarily your aerial archer. Okay. Um, and Zelda will fight strictly with the Sheikah Slate this time around. So everybody's moveset feels different. Everybody's moveset challenges you to to learn them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess that's part of the fun, too. Okay. Cool. Hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. But I mean, besides that, I haven't been playing too much. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> just forty hours here, like fifty hours here, no biggie. <laughs> right? Yeah, just you know, baby time, baby time. That's that's nothing. That's nothing. Baby time. <laughs> All right. But uh, Roddy, what about you, man? What have you been? Doing? Uh, I've been playing a lot. Uh, there, I've I've been playing a ton of stuff. I'm gonna pick out a few things here to to kind of get into. Um, I'm gonna be brief on a couple of these, but but. Uh, one of them I do want to get into a bit. Game of the Year is coming up, so I'm trying to to get through everything possible that I can before that time comes. I want to give everything that I that I've wanted to get to up to this point in the year, you know, good attention. Um, and so one of those games I've been playing, of course, is I'm still grinding through Yakuza uh, like a dragon. That's Yakuza Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it I'm at 35 hours in that game right now. Um, which I've had the game for about three weeks, so that that evenly is like almost twelve hours, uh, roughly twelve hours uh, a week, which is a lot for me. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's a game that that deserves it. Um, it is. I'm increasingly liking. It. I started out liking it already. Uh, it, it already impressed me as I discussed last week. 
But uh, and, I, and I have a feeling I'll be talking about this game um, a, a little bit later on as well. So um, in just the the coming weeks here, uh, so I won't bombard everyone quite yet. But but I did want to bring it up. <laughs> but I did want to bring it up because there is a couple things that I thought were really notable about my PlayStation in the last couple weeks or so. Uh, one of which is that the Ichiban. I have I really like Ichiban a lot. Like he's so good, and I think I maybe texted you guys the other day saying like this guy has like big shonen energy. Um, mm-hmm. which, I do remember you saying that, yeah, <laughs> which is great. Like and it's something that is not annoying. Like, and I some people may hear that and think that's super annoying because uh, when I when I thought it, I was like, damn, this should annoy me, but it really doesn't. And what I mean by that is uh, shonen is a is a genre of. Uh, of, or a demographic, I should say, not really a genre. It's a demographic in Japan. Uh, shonen manga is like Naruto, Bleach, uh, My Hero, Academia, Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, Dragon Ball. That's a big one. Um, things like that. So um, it's it's very and so Ichiban is very he's very energetic. He's very animated. Everything that he does is so much more different than Kiryu. I just didn't know how they were going to follow up with Kiryu as a character. Kiryu is such a great straight man, and Ichiban is not that but he's he's just (laughs) as cool though like he's way dumber but like in a very endearing way like you would think like okay it's not that fun to follow someone who's like not all that bright or like you know uh who doesn't really seem to have much of a plan most of the time but like this dude is so earnest and i'm really invested and, and he's been really shit on like in his entire life he's just been just one unfortunate incident after another um and to just watch him like he has a line at some point in the game like maybe midway i'm about on chapter eight or nine which uh, there's 15 chapters in the game so i'm like uh, just over the halfway point uh in the story but and like there's a line where he says something like you know crawling up from the bottom is like what i do so that's in everything with that character particularly it just exemplifies that so i definitely wanted to just shout shout uh rgg studios out because they did such a great job in like choosing this character and and the main character was who i was going to have the most reservations about when they announced like hey we're doing a totally new yakuza with like new people in it and i was like i don't want to lose kiryu he has such a great send-off in six but like he's like this beloved character who i just absolutely adore but um after seven games i'm you know I can understand. They want to do something else. Cool. Um, and they just completely knocked it out of the park, I think, with Ichiban. Like, it, I just don't think that they could have made a better character. Uh, and someone who just who's just so just diametrically op- opposed at, to that original character, to Kiryu. Like, it's crazy how well they've handled that. Um, so if you do check out, if anyone listening to this checks out uh, Yakuza 7 at some point, just know that you are in for a hell of a good time um, as far as that is concerned. And the narrative is is heating up as well. It started strong. We've had a little bit of a lull as things have been like kind of setting up. But now like soon as chapter, I think seven or eight hit, it's like hit the gas break again. Uh, or the gas break, the fuck? Um, the gas. Uh, <laughs> what you talking about, right? <laughs> uh, hit the gas um, all the way. Uh, and it's just to like 100 and we are just off to the races and I, it's it's not stopping. So um, very, very excited to see where all that lies. Um, and if you may be wondering, Yakuza has always had like the main mini games. So like with narratives behind them. So in this case, 
Uh, you have several. You have uh, a kart racing minigame tra- called Dragon Kart, uh, where you you it's literally Mario Kart, but just with the Yakuza uh, <laughs> aesthetic. So like instead of shells, you're throwing like missiles and rockets. Um, and like, leave, yeah, it's great. You're leaving oil spills out for people to slide on. Um, and there's a narrative with that. Uh, the main thing is the business management. So like in Yakuza 0 and Kiwami 2, you, there's the hostess minigame, which a lot of people fell in love with, including myself. I spent hours dressing up these hostess girls to get like the most money possible. And it was really funny when someone would walk in uh, <laughs> while I was playing mm-hmm. playing that game and going like, why are you dressing up these Japanese girls? What is wrong with you? Um, but look, man, got to make the gotta money. Make the money. Get to the bag. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta secure the bag. Why don't you understand me? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, and and Yakuza Seven's equivalent to that is a business management mini game. So instead of uh, dressing up Japanese women, you are actually uh, just purchasing property. And it's it seems really dry actually when I first started. So they introduce a lot of a concepts like uh, like loan sharks and businesses and and. Uh, what like employment contracts and investments it's it feels very like okay this is not this doesn't feel fun at all right now it's just menus and like a lot of real life shit what is going on uh but once i got (laughs) into it and you have to have like shareholder meetings which are play out like real-time battles uh and i ended up really really liking it i've played through most of that at this point um and i found it really fun it's also a great way to get money at some point in the game uh money's hard to come by in this one but that's there's also a narrative reason for that um but now that i've gone through the business mini game or at least most of it it's much easier uh and so that's been great so i definitely wanted to shout that out too just because it's they managed to make something so boring on its face and dry into something actually fun as as they usually do which i just i i don't know how they do it don't know how RGG manages to pull this off continually. I, I'm expecting them to fail at some point, but they have not. They have not done that yet. So um, yeah, so far so good on Yakuza Seven. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Demon Souls and give myself a pat on the back. I completed World Two, so good. Yay! So nice. So good. Um, it was very. Don't get me wrong. It was very much pissing me off uh, the other night. Uh, <laughs> I was not happy, uh, but also totally self inflicted totally self-inflicted just as a quick quick aside um there was a merchant i was trying to get to in one of the worlds and they were in an area that was guarded by maybe like i don't know 15 enemies on the way and i took my time very careful and took out every single person one at a time just so good kind of got in my bag a little bit and i was like okay i got i lit my sword on fire so i was like okay well it's still on fire i don't want to waste this and so let, let me go find someone else to kill oh boy did it so found a, a red-eyed knight which is a very powerful enemy in this particular game uh who proceeded mm-hmm. to stab me in the back uh perform an execution on me i ended up losing almost ten thousand souls which is actually a lot for where i was uh, in this particular part of the game um and i i can't i can't get back i actually can't get back um for some reason i continually oh, fail no. over it was and it was my fault like i got i got greedy i got bloodthirsty and i wanted to mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I deserved it, basically. And that's what the thing I love about Souls is that, like, as pissed off, as upset as I was, I can't really get mad at the game. That was a decision that I made that was super poor, and I should not have made it. And I kicked myself for it, even 24 hours later. Uh, but Yeah, it sounded but, like our Bloodborne uh, night. Yes, we had a Bloodborne uh, session the, the other night, and I, I just... Mm-hmm. I could. I was having a bad night. Like I just couldn't. It took us maybe like ten tries to beat one of the bosses. Uh, subject and we actually didn't end up even completing the boss on my end because it was just bad. It was just all bad. Um, but you know that that makes the 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 taste of victory that much sweeter when you obtain it finally. So uh, this th- these games have a very an uncanny ability to upset yet enrich and and entertain at the same time and i it's unlike anything else on the market uh and demon souls is no different demon souls is no different um it's a game that i am definitely appreciating and also on a level two of appreciating what from has done with the series as it's progressed demon souls if you remember it was the first game that's come out in the Souls series uh, before dark souls Mm -hmm. um one through three and bloodborne and there are a lot of things that are different about it, such as like the world structure and that everything's all broken up as opposed to one interconnected world uh, with the rest of the Souls games. Um, that's not something that I prefer. I do like, I do enjoy the interconnected world more, but it's fun experiencing this as well. So yeah, uh, very, very, very good stuff there. So still liking demons at all. I'm actually curious, subject. Since we've been going through Bloodborne, if whenever you get your, you're able to get your PS5. Like, are you interested in picking up Demon Souls at all, or is that not something that you you're into really? Um, I really just want to wait for a possible Bloodborne two or whatever Elden Ring is. So Got it. I'll just wait for that. Because okay. I know that Demon Souls is a bit weird since it was like the prototype, essentially, and I don't want to play it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Understood. <laughs> the other game... Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's all oh okay. I thought I heard a subject take a deep breath like she's about to say something. Um, oh, no. Damn the virtual environments. Um, so... <laughs> The other game that I played, uh, that we played, actually, James and I, we got through Gears of War 4. We finally completed that. Yes. yes we we finally completed it. And and this was a game we talked about a, a little bit in the past, um, like in the last couple weeks or so, that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say I was kind of lukewarm on it at the time. And the first three acts, I definitely think, are worthy of that the last two acts are better i i don't think it's a great game like i don't think it's a great campaign just in terms of um the the encounters uh the encounter designs are i would say kind of yeah they're kind of bland for the most part um but when in those last two acts they do start to incorporate interesting concepts and so it feels like the gears 4 campaign has an issue with with introducing something really cool or new and not giving you enough with it. I think it does something towards the very end, like that that last last like chapter of Act Five mm-hmm. gives you like I feel like enough playtime and variety to be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm doing something very different than I'm used to. Uh, it's Gears style, 
but I mean, the game's been out for a couple years. I feel like it may be safe at this point. Um, just spoiler alert. If you're curious about gears Four for some, whatever reason, um, you, you obtain a mech, uh, that you are able to actually like take cover. And it's a, it's a Pacific rim style, like mech where you, used mm-hmm. to gun down um bigger enemies so like and it's it's a neat concept because you're killing a lot of the enemies that you've killed previously but before you had to be extremely careful because they were like five times bigger than you were um but now you are like 10 times bigger than they are so now it's like the shoe is on the other foot um and it's such a nice yeah feeling. it's really neat and and that that sort of of like flip switch is is appreciated uh for sure and uh, and I think that type of thing gives it the sort of variety that that I was looking for because we've had three games at this point. The, the original trilogy, I think, is a is a classic action trilogy. And uh, this this franchise has some of the best cover shooter mechanics out there for sure. Um, but like, mm-hmm. what else can you do with it? Like, show me what what new scenarios can you bring to the table? Um, now, apparently, Gears Five has that in spades and. Boy, oh boy, if that tutorial is anything to go by, I cannot wait until we get started on Gears 5. Like, I'm, I am like salivating pretty much like at the idea of getting into that game. Um, it, it looks great, James. Did you get a chance to pop that in yet? Okay. I have not. I haven't downloaded. Okay. I haven't started anything. Okay. Yet. Yeah. Um, it, it shoots you into the tutorial um, immediately and upon, upon boot. And, uh, it feels great. <laughs> it feels really good. Um, and there are even like a cool, uh, there's a couple cool things too that they, that they've introduced. So like, apparently you can active reload at any time, even with full ammo. I don't know what the the consequence of that is though. I'm not sure if you're like throwing ammo, throwing away. Right. Ammo? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know what the purpose of that is, but, um, but yeah, you can reload at any point. Um, and you can also, there's a dedicated melee button that's different than the chainsaw. So like a chainsaw is a dedicated button and the knife in your hand is a different one. Um, and they give you a few options for maneuvering inside of cover as well, which is really cool. So I'm already seeing like, and it's just overall, it feels like much more slick and it's a native 4k with 60 frames per second. Unlike gears four, which, uh, was an up 4k 60 frames or native 4k 30. So, uh, mm-hmm. The game looks phenomenal, by the way. Like, Gears 5 looks great. Um, I just, I guess I'm just using this segment to say I can't wait to play Gears 5. Like, uh, Gears 4 kind of left us with, like, wanting more. And and there's a, a neat narrative thread that they sort of leave you on um, at the end there where it's like, huh, okay. Yeah, they Yeah, did. it's like, I, I kind of <laughs> want to see. It's a bit of a cliffhanger-ish thing um, where it's like, I want to see where this goes. I wish that this was like earlier in the game so we would have had time to expand on it. But it did feel like a big prequel to whatever is coming in 5. Um, and it definitely felt like a first game. I may have mentioned this to you already, but it felt like like someone's like, you know, baby's first gears, basically. Like someone trying to imitate what gears of war is and what people like mm-hmm. think that, that they want from it um but i don't want to be too harsh on it because i do think that there were a few good things about it like i do think the writing in general is better and more i don't want to say nuanced but like there is a little bit more than just like oh, big burly dude like let's go fucking kill some locust bro like you know um it's it's there's more than that going on um there are characters who have vulnerability uh there is a lot of diversity which i believe i mentioned before uh and 
it's like that sort of thing is appreciated. Um, and Marcus actually has a character like he actually has a decent character about him um he actually cares about some things uh in in, in for, <laughs> as hilarious as they may right, be right yeah exactly <laughs> it's used mostly for comic relief but like it's it's cool that like they it's that they come out and it, they show it you know yeah like at least he has something right right you know yeah so I'm I'm willing to give this one a pass and, and it's not like i disliked my time with it um i just i don't see myself really going back to play this really especially if gears 5 is as going to be as good as i i've heard um or i expect it to be um then mm-hmm. that'll probably just be like the gear the, the next gen gears for me um and they got so many series x enhancements anyway that it'll probably feel it's it's been said that this is a soft relaunch for the game so um i'm looking forward to it i have not heard that that's interesting yeah yeah so I'm sure you guys will hear more about that going forward. But that's about it for me, guys, on what you've been playing. And let's go ahead and move on to news. What do you guys say about that? Let's Sounds it, good. News time. All right. So we were, we're going to start off with some sales numbers. And the first round of sales that we're going to bring up here is that uh, Xbox posted or Microsoft posted, I want to say a couple weeks back, that... They had the largest launch day in Xbox history. Now, we don't have actual numbers for that yet. And who knows if they'll ever release those or not. They haven't been in the habit in the past six, five, six years or so of releasing actual sales numbers. So we'll probably have to rely on third parties for that. Uh, but they have. They did say that it has. It was the largest for them in their history, which is nice. But the the really the thing I wanted to focus in on, regardless of that, is they mentioned a few interesting stats here. So in the first twenty four hours of launch, there were a few things mentioned. They mentioned that uh, they sold more new consoles than any pre- prior generation with the Series S, adding the highest percentage of new players for any Xbox console at launch. Um, they've had over 3,500 games played, which is also cool. That's the most games I've ever been played during Xbox launch. But the most interesting thing to me here, out of everything, is that mm-hmm. 70% of the consoles, both X and S, attached, <clears throat> uh, have Game Pass attached to... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I cannot talk. 70% of Series S and X consoles are attached to new and existing Game Pass members, which is... Extremely high. That is roughly um, almost every, every third person out of four will have Game Pass, or that, that's what it's looking like at this point. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I feel like this is a big indicator of you know what Microsoft has been pushing for the last few years with Game Pass. Um, their marketing mm-hmm. seems to have paid off. They've just been pushing Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. Like that's all you hear out of Microsoft is. Uh, Game Pass stuff. Um, and as a relatively new subscriber, it's been pretty impressive. Um, and I found a multitude of, it- of of items, games that I'm like, I'm into and interested in playing. They just made a December drop that is pretty awesome. Control is on there, um, which is cool. Of course it is. And uh, <laughs> what, what do you guys think, though, about like that attachment rate? Does that mean anything in the future for you guys? Uh, for me, not specifically, because I'm I'm one of that seventy percent. Like, good. I'm glad everybody's understanding the value that they have here. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm, I'm, and, I'm and my bad. I should have probably specified as well. Um, like as far as Microsoft goes as well. Like, do you see this as affecting their trajectory at all? Like, is it in line with what they've been doing? Do you think that this affects long term game development in any way? Like, what are you? What are your thoughts on that? I think that's the thing that I'm still curious about is how this money ends up back in the hands of the developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how much I should say is any well, back and like and is this make is this becoming profitable for them? Because if it's not for them, then I don't see this model being sustainable. Mm-hmm. But it's been running relatively smoothly for the past how many years now? I don't know how many years it's been up. Like two or Has three. Has it been three years? Really? Right. Feels huh. like it. I think so. Wow. Okay. Okay. So. I mean, I mean, to me, it just seems like the plan's working. I think this is exactly what Microsoft was looking for. Hmm. Okay. I mean, the 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 whole industry's moving towards services anyway. Subscription model, this, you know, right. monthly fee, you have access to this anyway. And they're just, they've figured out how to do games properly. Yeah. On one of these type of services. Yeah, you know, um, that's a great yeah, point. So. Three years? Yeah, I feel three like three years. That's it, said that it does... launched mid twenty seventeen. Mm. That just does not feel the, like like a like an Xbox only website. Hmm. That's it, it's felt like so much longer. Um maybe it's because of Game Pass has felt so natural, like a natural progression of, of where game distribution is going. Maybe maybe that's that's why it feels that way. Um, uh, subject, any thoughts about where that leaves modern game development at all? Um, I know that Jim Ryan kind of disagrees with Game Pass because he doesn't see how it could be profitable, which is a understandable thing. But Microsoft is such a big company; I feel like they can just dump. Like they don't they don't have to worry about making their money back as long as they have people doing like a monthly thing like they do with Microsoft um, office stuff. Like it's just another one of those. Hmm. So I don't think they see any issues with it. Like if if like Nintendo or Sony try to do that, then that could be a little bit iffy just because like with Nintendo online stuff, they're just using old games. Like they're not putting any new games onto that thing. Sure. Right. And yeah. Sony, like they're, I think they just put Horizon on PS Now. Like I think they mm-hmm. announced their December stuff. And so they're kind of touching it, but I don't see Sony trying to, or they may do something similar and redo PS Now in like 2022. Like they're trying to do the math and see what could work and what might not work for them. Hmm. Well, well, is um does PlayStation now do any day and date releases? I don't think so. I, no, think I don't that, think so. Okay, I didn't why. think so either. So I think they just put right. like their past big releases onto PS Now. I think they're testing those waters. And I mean that's cool and all. Like Horizon is a good game, a great game even. But you can get the complete edition for like twenty bucks now. I know, but you know, so so I mean, I guess at this point, the the problem that I would feel like running into on that system or ecosystem is like, at this point, I've played all these games. 
if I'm a PlayStation fan, I've played most of these already. Yeah. But the cool thing about Xbox is I get a lot of day and dates. Like small games, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have like, eh, maybe I'll skip that. But it's here on launch day. So it's not old. It's not well, like I know anything about doing it. They that with PlayStation Plus games, like with Fall Guys and, um, Rocket and League and stuff Snacks. like that. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Both yeah. Snacks. Like yeah. they've been testing those for like at least a year or two, like putting hmm. the new games as a free thing for a month. Like they're not. It's not completely like. I, I feel like those have been the exception. Them. I feel like those have yeah. been the exception rather than the rule, right? Like I feel like yeah. when people when when indies are released, I see people asking like I don't I never see people saying is it going to be on PS Plus? Like you know I see people see, saying is it going to be on Game Pass? Because they expect those day and date releases, particularly with yeah. indie titles mm-hmm. now. Um, but I do agree with you that Sony is like dipping their toe in a multitude of different ways because uh, you guys haven't mentioned the PS Plus collection yet, uh, which is up. Yeah. Uh, those have are older games um but they're not like they're not dirt old right like there there are you know days gone is up there that's a game that's what a year old um or two years almost and it's and i'm pretty sure it's gotten enhancements too with ps5 uh yeah it did it did it got enhancements um so that's two years old yeah and also got enhancements so they're dipping their toe in it they're certainly not um, I do think that they respond in some way. I think Game Pass is, is what I think that these numbers tell me. And the, and the primary reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I do think that this is an indication that this is working. Um, to James, your point um, earlier, you mentioned like your concern about how they make their money back. I want to I want to tackle that for a second, uh, piggyback off of uh, that statement. Uh, so we don't know any contracts right now. Like we don't like developers have not talked about of what their contract entails all we know is that they've been relatively happy with it that they've said that the game pass deals that they made with microsoft has been pretty good up to this point um the only and, mm-hmm. and the one thing i would say to back that statement up with i um, mean the only real evidence that we have um is if you look at crusader kings 3 that was a, a game pass title um as recently as november i want to say it's, it's still up on game pass but they released some numbers saying that it hit over it sold it not like player count, but it sold over 1 million copies, which is, I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's, that's a great number. That's an insane number, uh, especially for something that's on like a service like Game Pass. Um, developers have also gone on record to say, and I've seen this on like Twitter from, from developers, um, and I don't have any to cite. I apologize, but, uh, but they've said that Game Pass helps with their titles visibility it helps with word of mouth um and ultimately it boosts their sales so i do have to imagine that like the money they make like they're making money on the back end through like direct sales um and maybe that who knows if that's the case with every single game it may not be but more often than not i haven't heard anyone say anything otherwise um but that is an interesting thing that I, I want to keep my eye on because I, I hope that we do learn like one day what what one of those contracts looks like. Like I'm just, I'm very curious. Um, they surely re- receive money up front, obviously. Like it has to be, you know, oh, a certain yeah. amount um, up front to, to put it on for X amount of time. And it's not like these games stay on forever either. You know, they'll have like, you know, a th- three true. month, four month, six month period or, or whatever. Um, I do wonder if in a year or two's time, and I'm not, I'm not saying this like, 
for fear mongering or anything like that. But uh, because obviously I want to discuss things that are that are currently and not necessarily what what will be because we don't know. But I do wonder if in a year or two's time, do, do games have specific play models designed around these subscription services like once playstation dips their toe in and they oh they officially launch something i do think something's coming eventually and when it does um you know do games come out with models based entirely around it do we get rpgs that maybe have maybe more microtransactions or things like that because developers may know that hey we want to get get more of your money um i don't expect this to come from indies by the way or or anything like that i would expect this to come from a triple a developer of some kind um maybe like an ea or an ubisoft specifically because those those publishers have their own dedicated services where they're releasing some of their games like for quote unquote free um it's like how much of that do we see going forward in games we haven't really seen much of that yet um or really any of that but i am curious like down the road if, if we get anything like that does that make sense is am i just rambling like nonsense i wouldn't call it nonsense okay um well i just want to make sure it makes sense because i'm not sure if i'm making sense um so basically what you're just saying is in order to exist alongside the game pass model more games would introduce features that are more microtransaction heavy. yeah yeah something like that because they know that like the they'll get the advance from the publisher or whatever and and that's great but if they want to make more money on the back end they want to guarantee a sale then you sell something in the game rather than relying on good faith that they'll purchase it later or like word of mouth spreads i think it's good now because game pass is like still relatively young but like in the future is game pass considered with any of that and and i'm not even convinced like like that's a thing that will happen that's just me speculating completely out of my ass Mm. like i have no idea if that's going to be a thing going forward and it very well may not be uh, because i think the benefit so far up to this point is pretty clear when you look at examples like crusaders kings and there was another game i I don't have on me right now um but there was another maybe it might have been carrion um where the developer was like oh yeah being on game pass was great because you know if we hadn't done game pass we may not have gotten the sales that we got like and I'm mm-hmm. really, I don't really care about the big publishers. Like I really care about those smaller ones that do this. Um, and it seems like they're happy. And if they're happy, then I'm happy. That's cool. Um, you know, cool. Well, I, I suppose that would work. I mean, to answer that question, I just feel like games that rely on things like microtransactions, mm-hmm. like those, those games as a service types games mm-hmm. should have a spot on those game pass type services. Right. right. Like like um Anthem. We were talking about Destiny. Yeah. You can get you can get all of the expansions on Game Pass now, including the brand new. I didn't new even one. know that. You, you you told me that. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw it the other day and I was like, what? I can just download this? And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but there's only so and much I think for something like that that would have for uh games as a service games. Like you'll probably have mm-hmm. like your main two or three, but no one's gonna try like like every single one of a games as a service type of game so mm-hmm. it has to be either and really I, good or if it's going to be like kind of meh then they're just going to drop it right but i think that that ends up playing into helping those games as a service games because a lot of the times i feel like the biggest amount of backlash comes from the fact that i just dropped 60 dollars on this game 
and there is nothing to do at this point. And I and I got this like a day ago. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. It would definitely pull back on the backlash dealing with that. Of course, you are going to need content still eventually. But knowing that I paid like, it was just part of my $15 that I spent on Game Pass anyway. I didn't like it. Maybe I can come back to it in a couple of months. I'd be more open to doing that. Hmm. Because usually once you get my money and I see that it's trash, I'm already burnt. Like Anthem <laughs> right. can come back stronger well, than ever, but I'm never going to forget. Dude, I don't think there's just how that ever again. That, that, there's been yeah. too much talk about them working on it for them not yeah. to. They're, they're doing something. I just don't know when when it's happening and what capacity. Or if it's good. <laughs> yeah, if it's good. yeah. Okay. Man, um, I'm glad I bought that game on disc just to return it to GameStop. Yeah. Jeez. Oh boy. Like they, oh, like they need more returns. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so rolling on with the sales talk here, we got our first real bit of PS5 sales news. Um, major, major hardware numbers. So it looks like for the UK, we don't have North America. Excuse me. Yet we should actually get them soon. Maybe by the time, maybe in a couple weeks. But um, nine hundred thousand PS5s were sold in. November. Uh, I think the the actual time for that ended November 28th, but that is the eighth biggest month for console sales and the second biggest month for console revenue uh, behind 20, December 2013. Uh, that was when the PS4 and Xbox One received big new shipments. So uh, that was an article from GI Biz. I thought it was notable and I wanted to bring it up because, again, first big PS5 sales news. I'm always interested in, in the, the sales numbers. We won't always talk about them on the show, but I mean, it's new gen. I'm really, really interested in stuff like this. And so for them to almost hit a million um, mm -hmm. is really, really awesome. Uh, also notable that it replaced the Nintendo Switch, which nabbed second place only only for the second or the third time in two years. So Sony going strong in, in Europe. We all expected that. Sony does a fantastic job uh, in Europe uh, selling. Uh, but just those kind of numbers are mind-boggling. Uh, so shout out to, to, to them for doing that. That's, that's, those are big numbers. <laughs> uh, any... That, uh, the mm -hmm. North America ones, it would be more split between PS5 and Xbox just because... Microsoft being a U.S. based company, that people would be more strongly affiliated if they are uh, those type of people, or they just yeah Xbox. yeah Sony Sony has a uh, has had a really strong foothold in Europe for for quite a while now. Um, but uh, I, I'm very I'm very you know happy to see that the industry looks healthy. Um, that's that's like my main thing is that everybody seems to be doing well um, and that the numbers are pretty big. So concerning PS5, I mean, I'm assuming this doesn't really this doesn't really surprise you guys. It doesn't shock you guys, right? Like Sony's market leader, like around the world, um, they, I mean, this isn't this isn't really too surprising. I assume to any of you. Mm -mm. Okay, I, they've rode the momentum. They did it really well. Yeah. A lot of people were saying, you know, oh man, Sony marketing not really doing much. We didn't even see the console till what June or July? Was it July mm -hmm. or something like that? And people were saying, oh, oh man, if they wait that long, Sony people are going to be pissed off and not going to buy it. Come on, come on, man. People are going to buy a Sony PlayStation regardless. Like, come on. 
Right. They, they, like you can be mad you can't see it, but I mean you're not gonna exactly buy it. right. So um yeah, awesome stuff. I'm I'm happy to see that they're doing well. So rolling on to more PS5 stuff, I wanted to bring up a, an excellent article that Vice wrote uh, just the other day, very recently. Uh, Patrick Klepek wrote a great piece about uh, the internal documents that they were able to secure um, from a developer where Sony showed them a presentation about the activities feature and the activities tab. If you're not familiar, if you don't have a PlayStation 5, the activities tab is essentially where um, it's a space that you can utilize on the PlayStation 5 UI that will allow you to jump to different sections in a game. So let's take Miles Morales, for example. If I want to do some of the combat challenges as opposed to like following the main story or any other activity in the game, I just want to do a combat challenge then I can access that through the activities panel and I can either watch a, presumably there will be a help video on there, which, which I assume that they're developer videos. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not like regular Joe's. Am I correct on that? I believe so. Okay. So like there are these 15, 10, 15 second clips, very short clips generally of, uh, of someone executing whatever task, that you're looking at and there will usually be like a little uh, description of the hint or if it's like you know hey i don't know press square and three times in a triangle to make sure that you do your combo that you want to do or whatever it is like they'll give you little tips to to like in the area as well as showing you the video but the biggest thing is that it will jump you directly to those aspects now i wanted to bring this up especially to james james you've been playing valhalla have you been yes. using the activities uh, feature at all to like help you get in between missions quicker? So I have not been doing that only because I can't. I am actually playing Valhalla on Xbox. Oh, that's right. Oh, my bad. Yes. Oh, wow. That's no problem. Yeah. But I did actually get a chance. I took a little bit of time to try that feature out when I was playing um, Astro. Astro's Playroom. Okay. Because I remember I finished the level and I noticed I had missed a relic. And I was like, hmm. And then I remembered I could just look and see if it's on my list of things that like I was nearby completing. Yeah. And sure enough, you press that button. It popped up the little video. It showed me exactly where I needed to go. Yeah. And then follow those instructions and boom. Yeah. There's the... um. There's my relic, and I was able to finish out that level 100%. Yeah. Is it possible to skip splash screens if you activate the activities tab, like from the UI, just like the home screen? You know what? I suppose so. I think so. Because I was in a different world completely. Okay. When I went back, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can. And then it just pops you right in. Okay. So in Demon's Souls, and that's a really great example to use as well, um, you have to go to... So there's a hub world called the Nexus. And when you go to the, in the Nexus, you can activate these doorways to go to, like, the five different worlds in the game. And when you go... Like, let's say, let's say I go to world two. I'm in world two, and I say, ah, you know what? I want to change. I'm getting tired of this. I want to go to world five instead. You have to go from world two to the nexus and then from the nexus to world five that's how it was in the original game no longer on ps5 you can actually just pull up the activities tab and skip right over to world five or or whatever and it will say in progress because the game is recognizes that you've been in that world previously and um it as soon as you click on in progress continue it'll jump you 
instantly to where world five is and, and you don't you can skip the nexus stuff entirely and you never have to even really go there um except to like level up and stuff so um it's a really really neat feature uh that i believe is going to be very very useful for a lot of games in the future um mm-hmm. so it's cool to hear like your example of astros so that's that's activities in a nutshell Main reason I wanted to bring this up is because in the Vice article, they talked about how single player is thriving, which is awesome. Like, EA. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's funny that you, you say that because EA, look, their games especially have been some of the, the ones that, you know, have focused on multiplayer. Like a lot of their stuff is, is multiplayer focused. It, they they really incentivize like online only type experiences, um, and which mm-hmm. and microtransactions. Yeah. Ex- exactly, exactly. Microtransactions, things like that. So there's a narrative going around, like that's been around for the last generation, I would say, um, in its entirety about how single players dying. Like we saw games like Destiny um, and Rocket League, things that relied really on like. Um, social experiences and things that are like connected socially like multiplayer things like that this people were really worried that you know single player was was not around to stay games like last of us uh, god of war those are relics of the past a lot of people thought but in reality people or sony is saying that people are are playing single player games um and when outlining issues with single player games um that people may have had that the activities feature helps with they outline things like no idea how long i might need i don't play unless i have two over two hours uh two free hours Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time to scan through help videos when i'm stuck uh how do i engage without risking spoilers things like that so the activities tab actually really does a great job of filtering a lot of that content out so it'll warn you uh, especially if like something is spoiler related um and it'll ask you for a prompt like hey you want to continue this may have spoiler content in it um and it's really quick to pull up some of these help videos as well so i just think it's really really awesome that they utilized this and that single player is not dead this is just a confirmation of that uh it's something that i really really appreciate Honestly, uh, do you guys are you, do you guys value your single player experiences like, or are you more multiplayer game players nowadays? Like, what what's going on there? I really like I'm, both. I like having the option mm. to either play with friends or just hang out by myself and play a good single player game. Like, I really do enjoy both. Like, there <laughs> is there's always going to be a balance of single player and multiplayer games, and I really do like. I enjoy both. Like, I'm not really picky with either one. Okay. James? For me, at least recently, I feel like I know I've been definitely in more of a single-player mood. And this is, I say recently, it's probably been like the last, like, year or mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I felt that way. I've been, been really just, yeah, really feeling single-player games, single-player experiences. So when I read that article you did send me, I was like, yeah. This is pretty much how I feel about most of my games now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to play unless I have a good amount of time allotted, like a couple hours at least. You know, right, 
Right. Because when you get to do stuff like this, you really want to be able to dive in and focus on like if it's a story or whatever you're doing or making progress in whatever world you're running through. That is a perfect way to put that because one of the the um, the ideas that Sony put forth was they said, we can change should I start playing to which part should I start playing? And that's mm-hmm. a big difference. Um, and that that's, hits on exactly what you mentioned. Uh, there There was a little bit of... A little bit of push and pull. Uh, some people feel that activities uh, can risk people's immersion in a particular in the game um, by being able to skip around in that way, rather than like traveling or fast traveling to the destination or whatever. Like spending less time, you know, sitting. I guess like either traveling manually or engaging with the game systems to to get there faster. Like it could cut that immersion for you but on the other side of that there were a lot of people like i think you and i james like we're really excited for like to to be able to explore our single player experiences very differently so um yeah i i think overall this is a net positive yeah and the best part is it's an option right like you're not forced into using it so i get what you're saying about it could break your immersion but just don't use it right right all right well we're going to that was the news for the week we're gonna go ahead and conclude with our topic here subject was uh was gracious enough to to suggest this one uh so go ahead and uh correct me if i get this a a bit wrong but we wanted to discuss uh you know it could be brief we don't have to spend forever on it but um we were going to talk about games that shook us like games where you you finished it and it really made you like contemplate your place in the universe uh, maybe not quite that heady but like you know something like that something where it really took you aback it really surprised you in a way um does anybody want to start i'll start because okay uh, i think and i'm gonna choose games not from like this generation just like any games in general yeah definitely uh, i'll say my first one being assassin's creed 2 because that was my first one that i've ever played and i and that's what got me hooked onto the series and whenever i finished playing it i was like man i love these characters i love the gameplay and it was just so much fun running around in the past to where that was just like it hooked me so much and then some other games that i just watched streamers play um undertale being one of them like, yo, it blew my mind how the game could, like, fuck with you, the player, in so many ways. Yeah. Of, like, were you actually in control of the game, or what can you do to change the outcome of this evil villain or whatever? And that mm-hmm. was so cool to, like, and, like, have such memorable characters and such fantastic music going from, like, 8-bit music to, like, full-on, like, rock ballad type of game for the for the pacifist ending. Like, everything just, like, really brought it together. And, like, you mm-hmm. were, like, super involved with all the characters and, like, do you really want to do, like, the the uh, genocide run and, or do you want to have your perfect style of pacifist ending only and that's the final ending. Stuff, mm. and then 
I'll leave Outer Wilds to you, Brog. I know that's <laughs> that's one of your top games. I'll leave that one to you, but I agree with everything you'll say about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I want to hear your opinion. Like, I, I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> okay, so I played it for maybe like an hour, and I got so frustrated with the fucking controls because I don't like space. <laughs> Space paint, not my thing. And I was like, man, fuck this. I'll just watch a playthrough of it. And so I did, and it was really it was really cool to see like the streamer that I was watching. He was like putting puzzles together and like like the way that they've written that game to make the player think and use like some sensible logic to like connect certain things to get to an ending was super cool like that game has phenomenal writing in its own and like finding notes and then you the player trying to make those connections in your head like solving a big mystery Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's all I have to say about it but I hate the (laughs) fucking controls I hate the spaceship I don't like uh, Dark Bramble just other than that, it's a really good game. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that you were able to like, you know, despite not liking or enjoying the like playing it, like the experience itself. Like, I I do appreciate that you were able to look past that and like see that the game had a lot more to offer um, outside of that. I think that that's really cool. I think that speaks to the game's strengths, honestly. Like, if it's that strong, it put you off from playing it. Um, and it wasn't that good for you in that aspect. Like you were able to say, oh, "Wow, this narrative is actually pretty cool." That's yeah, that's pretty neat. So, um, and then yeah, some other ones that yeah. like made me cry, like big alligator tears, was a game from this year, uh, "The Last Campfire." I know it's on okay. Apple Arcade, I think, and it's on uh, PlayStation Four and Switch. Dude, that mm-hmm. made me cry because. Um, he plays this dude who uh, who's trying to get to the like like he's on a journey trying to get I guess quote unquote home and then you run to these uh, other lost campers oh my god I'm gonna cry oh it's so sad oh wow this is a live cry um, oh it's wow. so sad <laughs> okay hold on <laughs> give me a minute Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So you, while you were gathering yourself, um, I'm surprised that you didn't say Ori, to be honest. Oh. Mm. Ori's great. I love Ori. The music makes me cry. I'm so emotional, God. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So, it's okay. Let it out. Sorry. You run into these, like, uh, lost campers, and they're going through their each. Um, Personal struggles. Oh my god, hold on. It's okay, we're here to support you. Okay. So they're going through their struggles and then you, you help them. And it's just really sad. I just need to play this game, I think. Oh, it's right. so sad. I don't it makes me cry do this. every time. Okay. Like um, a line will like kinda hit you. Like one of the campers will say, and sometimes you can't even help them. Like the game will refuse to like let you help them. Mm-hmm. 
And then you got to deal with, uh, I get it. Yeah, I see that could be rough. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah, whenever I finished that game, I was just so sad. I was crying so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I should let you go less. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to follow up with that. I mean, I, I appreciate oh that you're like, I appreciate that you're like opening up and sharing, um, oh sharing God. that for sure. Because I'm trying to bug Chris into playing it because he's all about that. <laughs> he's all about the the Apple Arcade and everything. No, um, like, mm-hmm. um, like bettering yourself from all of his. Uh, oh, sure, self care. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 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 Oh, true. That's true. Okay. Well, do, do, do you want to do you want us to come come back to you? No. Subject? Okay. No. Okay. One last game. Uh, it okay. came out in 2018. I believe it's on PC. It's called Wander Song. I've and heard of this. Dude, the streamer that I watched, he was crying so much. Oh my god! Like the end, it was crazy. So what's like, what is Wander Song? What what, is, what do you do in this game? You are a bard who you meet all these people and like at first you were trying to like the spirit was trying to see or find a hero quote unquote and he give or the spirit gives you a sword but you don't know how to use it and so whenever you try you fail and he's and the spirit's like uh you're not the hero but all the bard does is sing and through his songs and singing he makes new friends and stuff like that and he is trying to save basically the universe because you have to find the earth song to save the earth and the universe because i think the universe is like resetting itself or something okay to find like seven gods or something Hmm. okay and to find the pieces of the earth song and then you go through your journey and then something uh like then you meet the hero but the hero isn't really the hero if that makes any sense Hmm. like they're not really acting very heroic they're just doing it so they can be the main character and not ah right it's one of those Mm. like type of personalities and then Hmm. whenever it gets to the end you can uh talk to the people and then they finish their like what happened and stuff like that so wander hmm. song is a really good game it's very colorful yeah i'm seeing this now um yeah it looks really cool actually i'll put this on the list it's a very good game that i guess must have been a sleeper because it's definitely a very fun game it might take you like a couple days to beat it yeah. Just like uh, Last Campfire, it's a little bit long just with the puzzles, but some of the puzzles in Last Campfire really stumped me, so it took me a bit to figure it out, but yeah, it shouldn't take you too long. Any other games that you want to mention? Uh, no, I think that's it. After okay, James. I'm crying. <laughs> well, we'll give you a, a bit of a second to, to, to gather yourself, but it's okay. It's okay. This is a safe space here. Safe space. Yeah, what? You know, Got to be real with yourself. Absolutely, James. Do you have anything for us here? Um, I won't know. If, I wouldn't say it was anything quite that emotional oh my God, for I'm me. Such an but baby, don't like. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. Okay. Well, I don't want to disappoint. 
Um, but one game for me that really sticks out to me now, even even now, is um Bioshock Infinite. Mm. That ending shook me. Oh, um, I think it was just it just came at the right time. Um, going on the ride that you go on in that journey in that story with uh between the main character and what is her name? I can't remember. Elizabeth, her name I think. Uh, yes, Elizabeth. Thank you. Who you're trying to like protect this whole time, and then just for it to end the way that it does, yeah. it was something I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. But just because it was such like a left field kind of thing, but at the same time, it makes all the sense in the world. And I'm trying not to spoil it, but again, it's such an old game. I feel like I might be. Yeah, okay. you might be okay. We can give a little spoiler warning if you're interested in Bioshock Infinite. Go ahead, James. You're good. Okay, so basically multiverse theory comes into play it's crazy like looking at all the lighthouses was nuts yeah and and just that moment of like oh that that it brings at the end of the game it it just works so well and this girl you've been working so hard to protect has to kill you and she does (laughs) her and all of her multiversal counterparts and it was just such a such a different ending than i was expecting from uh, a first-person shooter at all, for one, mm-hmm. but then Bioshock too, because I just spent the last however many hours like riding on rails and burning people with tonics and summoning bees and just like just random stuff, you know? Right. And so they get such like an emotionally charged, like, oh, that's that's my daughter. This is is it like what what just happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was one that definitely shook me. Okay. Okay. That uh, that is a good DLC one. For that game? Hmm? Did you hmm? do the DLC for that game? I did not. Dude, so I think in the DLC you play as Elizabeth. You do, like yeah. Going, going through the different, like, I guess, uh, lighthouses. And then mm-hmm. the. The last two, you go back to Rapture as Elizabeth, like before it goes to shit. And there's a really disturbing scene with a lobotomy, like a live lobotomy through first person. I had to look away for that part because it was just oh, so gross. Yeah, I'm good okay. on that. No, thank but you. It was, any it was other really gross lobotomies? Scene. <laughs> any any other uh, yeah. games you got for us, James? Um, well, I guess it more like shook from like a shock factor kind of thing. This is, I wouldn't say the whole game, but just definitely one scene that I will never forget is uh, GTA 5, the interrogation. Mm, okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> it was just something I wasn't expecting to be like forced into doing, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Got like a lot of controversy when yep. it came out. Mm hmm. <laughs> And I guess I could see why, but that was just that was another one. I was like, you know, it it sold me on the character of who I'm dealing with. Yeah, like, for me in that in like, that game. Pre- oh, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. Oh, it's just like you're you're not the hero here. <laughs> you're just doing what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, that's putting it mildly. Yeah, you're definitely not the mm-hmm. hero. Um, you know, GTA Five does have one for me for sure. Um, it wasn't actually going to be what I was going to mention although i did have a rockstar game on my list um but Mm. but um for gta 5 now that i think about it 
the Johnny Klebitz scene in that game, like with Trevor's introduction, is like still one where I, I'm still baffled, like in in uh, uh, almost appalled that they did that. Just it just so callously. Uh, yeah. As soon as like because I played I played the Lost in the Damned DLC. Um. So like you, which is the Grand Theft Auto Four stuff, the expansion. And so if you don't know, like when you begin Grand Theft Auto Five as Trevor, one of the main characters, like, you know, he's uh, he's having sex with like a character from a previous game who is like the girlfriend or fiance or like very close person of like one of your main characters. And the main character of the Lost and Damned is like in the game and he like comes through and he's like like this burnout, basically. And like he's basically he basically got the bad ending essentially like in yeah in he did, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. um and Trevor just proceeds to like literally curb stop him and kill him on screen which is very callous um I think other characters other main characters in Grand Theft Auto have never shown up I don't think um they're referenced briefly but they never actually mm-hmm. appear in other games and this was the first one where they did it was really just a statement and in a way i mean it's it's brutal um but it's an interesting way of like rockstar saying trevor is not your standard protagonist like he is going to fuck everything up um and like basically he johnny klebitz was used as like a major statement by rockstar and there's an audacity to that that i definitely respect like it didn't shake me personally but it is something that stuck with me on that game i was like huh that is a bold way to open with a character it's killing your own old character see i didn't know that there was that relation there between him and the last dlc oh yeah so that 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 adds to that i just thought it was crazy because like Bro, you, you he you did him wrong. Why, why did you curb stomp yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, a lot of people were pissed. A lot of people were like, "How could you do that to Johnny? I spent you know twenty hours with him." Like, but I mean, I, I grand that photo. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, literally, like that. That was the statement they were making, and I think it was successful in terms of that. It it makes you sit up and go like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> not playing what I thought I was playing." Okay, uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, anything else, James? That you had? Um, I have one more, okay. and I think this is more of like shook from just like I didn't realize games could do this perspective. Okay. Um, this is like the first time I got to play Guitar Hero. Oh, okay. I I would I remember that day going into the GameStop and just kind of seeing it sitting there mm-hmm. next to the counter, like ready for someone to play, and had the little monitor up in the screen so you could just stand in the middle of the store and play. Yeah. And you know, I'm I was not well versed in rock music at that time. I had no idea how to play a guitar. Um, so like I remember hearing some of these songs just in passing of just living in America or whatever, but like not knowing the artist, but I remember picking up that guitar and in like an hour it had passed. Man. And I was like, I need more of yeah. this. Is that on the PS2? I need more of this now. Yeah, that was PS2. Because I remember playing Guitar Hero way back when on I, PS2 at a church. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was really <laughs> And weird. that was the cool thing. Like, you could take it anywhere. Yeah. Everybody was it was like interested in seeing what that thing was about. Yeah. And I remember leaving that GameStop. I was like, look, Dad, 
I don't know what you had planned for my birthday, but I just want this. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, that birthday came around. I, I ran down to GameStop. We got Guitar Hero, and that was it. Nice. Yeah, that was a phenomenon. I that and that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. I knew someone that played, like, learned how to play the drums from rock band drums. Um, yeah, rock band drums got me kind of interested in in actual drums, and I got a kit, and I, I learned how to play drums um, that way, like like real drums. Uh, so yeah, that's absolutely true. It's crazy how like it was like almost one to one too. Like, yeah, it, it is. A lot of the drum patterns on expert drums for rock band are extremely similar, very very close to what you could get with like a standard kit. Um, which is awesome. That's really cool, and it's unique because like you can't do that with the guitar and bass, obviously. No. Um, and so it, it's neat, and even with singing, like singing, it, the pitch scores are like lenient, like they're super lenient to towards you. Um, so the drums, I think, are the closest thing that you could get to accuracy, like in a real band. Um, but I always thought that was that was fun, though. What a good time! That's a, that was a good time. Great times. Uh, four. Yeah, four. Those are my three. three. Those are nice. Those are good ones. Um, I want to piggyback off of your Rockstar one. Um, I was gonna say the ending for Red Dead One is great. Uh, that that was one that I think stuck with me for a really long time. Red Dead Redemption One is a is a game I think it, that I I look back on uh, relatively fondly. Um, and James Marston as a or John Marston as a character is really special um kind of a one of, of a kind character that in my opinion actually got one upped in red dead 2 surprisingly but like his story the way that it culminates um the way that it does and you know it, it is the encapsulation of the themes of the game of revenge what that does to you what is like why is the game called red dead redemption like what is what does that mean? And there are so there are several different things that you could glean from it, but it really doesn't come into full fruition until uh, John's story ends um, and the post game begins. And it, I always thought the way that that executed was beautiful. Um, and the way I, I don't even think you get a splash screen or credits until like post game is completed. If I remember correctly, I'm, I might be wrong, but. Um, yeah, that was always a really cool moment. Um, Outer Wilds is definitely up there for me. And that game, I've only played it like, you know, a year, over a year ago, year and a half at this point, I believe. Um, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's a one of a kind gaming experience. Like, and I say that and people might go like, oh, you're exaggerating, but I, I promise I'm really not. Like, I try not to... I try not to say stuff like that too often um, just because when I do make those statements, I want them to actually mean something. Uh, and with Outer Wilds, like I have no qualms saying that like that is one of my favorite games of all time. Like it's uh, the, the James, did you get a chance to play it, by the way? Uh, did I did not get very far. I ran into kind of the same problems I guess subject had. You're right. <laughs> just like mean space flight no just i'm i'm a, I'm a ground person right. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i found i found outer wilds to be 
such a transcendent experience, like in terms of what the game was trying to, to tell me. Um, the cyclical nature of the universe, like our place in it, like as people, um, our purpose, like those are the kind of themes that that game tackles. And uh, kind of like what Subject said earlier about about piecing the story together with the notes, like the game is it does, the game does not have cutscenes. Um, there is like one directed cutscene at the very beginning. It's like ten seconds long. That's it. All the other story is mm-hmm. given to you through the context of the world. That's something that I've seen in other games, but I don't think it has ever been as effective as it's been in Outer Wilds. I, I include Dark Souls in that too. Like I, I think it's. Wow. It takes that. I mean, I think Dark Souls has has really popularized that. I don't think Dark Souls started it, but it certainly popularized it. And I and I love it. I love that style of game. But but Outer Wilds to me ha- perfected it. Um, it c- managed to create a compelling story with characters you care about, you know, um, characters that uh, and situations that you can relate to. I watched a friend of real life, an actual friend, uh, stream it. Um, I gifted the game to them uh, on a whim, completely random. I was like, I feel like watching someone play Outer Wild, so I'm going to gift this to you on Steam, and I'm going to watch you play it. And and he he played it. I watched him complete the last like few hours of that game, and the light bulb moment when he realized like what was happening in the narrative and why. I'll just I'll never forget for like the, the rest of my life. Like it was so amazing to like witness that all because I got that moment and it was beautiful. But like seeing someone else get it and obtain that same satisfaction that I did, that's when I knew the game was like I mean, I knew the game was special already. It was like game of the year for me, um, and our number two for the the show. Um and but like it just solidified it and was like, oh, okay, so it's not just me. It's like this is actually the game is actually special. Um, it, it's just nothing has really. So when I say when when we say games that shook us, like games that really like, I went out and like looked at the at a lake for like an hour afterwards. Like that was kind of what Out of Wilds <laughs> did for me. Um, it really did give me that existential feeling of you know, man, I just think I completed a masterpiece. Um, yeah fuck man outer, outer wilds is great it's fucking great and i could talk like for an hour about it but it is definitely one that shook me um and the last game i want to bring up on my list is another current gen game which is near automata which i do think is one of the best fiction stories that i've experienced in a video game um like Outer Wilds kind of had the immersion factor for me. Near had the straight up narrative. Like a lot of times I preface statements about stories and games and I say, hey, this story is pretty good for a game. Like that's typically, that's pr- typically what I say. Um, you know, you guys know, like I watch a ton of movies. I read like stories are generally better in other mediums. They're just because they've just existed longer. Stories have just been not been attempted in games as much. Um, and usually stories are in service of the gameplay. So, but it just inherently, games, the stories just can't be typically as as fruitful as we want them to be, because the the developers are trying to serve us great gameplay uh, rather than you know 
a compelling narrative. Near, I think, manages to do both of those things. The gameplay is is strong, but the narrative is completely, I think, in any other context, just as strong as like some of the some really great literature out there. Like it's it it truly is like art. Like the, what what Near does, like it talks about life, death sex uh like relationships it talks about um again purpose our general purpose as as human beings like what that means for us a lot of adult topics um presented in like this fucking anime aesthetic like it's crazy um Yokotaro but- loves Tubi's ass. I mean, um, he does. There are problems <laughs> with that, but like, but also, like, it, it plays some of that stuff plays into the narrative. Like, oh, really? With, yeah, with 2B and 9S, and like, so you're saying it plays into the plot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay, one. I don't. All right, so, so I'm gonna say it's great. Um, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah. It, oh, thank you, subject. We should. <laughs> <laughs> but it um, it it really is a great marriage of those things. And when I finished it, it it has maybe one of my favorite ending sequences of any game I've I've ever played. Like Kingdom Hearts three tried to do something similar and it failed spectacularly. Uh, it's near, near Automata did it. Well, and when you if you ever play near and you get to the end of that game, it's on Game Pass, by the way. If you have a PC or or I think it's on PC, um, if, or if you have an Xbox, it's on Game Pass. Check it out; it's free. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal game that st- whose story never really left me. It's a story that I've, I think about even to this day. Similar to Outer Wilds, like I'll think about that game every now and then. But like near, I'll I'll think about everything, all the themes that they were trying to convey. Um, quite frequently and how they were able to execute it in a package that like was also built into multiple playthroughs like all the playthroughs matter and i've played games like that before that's not necessarily unique um you know not the zero escape series does that uh and there's some other games i'm i'm not i'm not uh cognizant of at the moment but i've seen that before but the way that the the endings actually play into the narrative and you actually need at least four or five of the endings to kind of get everything is pretty bold shit um and it, it's it's just very heady it's very heady themes that they that they tackle and i really appreciate that it's a game that truly did shake me at my core so uh and i don't, I don't think that- i need to go back and try that again because i did not get any of that yeah and you you know what you don't you don't really get well you get breadcrumbs of it in the first like 10 15 hours or so but like what the game is really doing doesn't really reveal itself until you completed at least two endings um once you get to the once well (laughs) once you get to the third path um then things start coming together and but i mean you you get themes already like this is gonna sound really weird but like so there are gonna be there's a scene where like you find a bunch of robots and they're like simulating sex scene like acts like on each other and it's like you walk in and i actually was playing this at like two o'clock in the morning and it was really it was super late i was extremely tired and i was like what the, like i literally <laughs> did a triple take on the screen and i'm like am i am i seeing what i think i'm seeing <laughs> sure enough I definitely was seeing that because I even had to. I even googled it later, and I was like, like the next day, and I was like, did I 
did I was that what I thought it was? And people were like, yeah, that was definitely that. Um, and but the, but the point is that like like these 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 robots were left and created and modeled after humanity to like humanity at its most base instincts, at its most base desires, its its most uh, you know, at its most stripped down. So it's like, wait, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm clear where we are now. When you say when you said robots, are we talking about like not people to be android no, no, style no, 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 robots no, no, no. or like the the like dome the ones, ones that are roaming around the, the dome ones the dome ones really? Yes, I'm not joking. Yes, I, I missed that. Part. Yeah, I must not have gotten that, there yet. I don't know. It happened. <laughs> I think pretty early on, maybe maybe halfway uh, through. Was that before or after the theme park? I think that's after. I want to say that's after. Maybe okay. during actually. I'll double check that for you. <laughs> Like okay. the theme park is really early in the game um but seriously like i mean but stuff like that and i only bring it up because like, i mean it's shit that stuck with me like i just remember walking in that right. room and i was just like what the fuck is going on um but <laughs> but i mean but it makes sense especially because as you get further into the game and you understand like oh okay i i understand what is happening with these these sentient robots like um that plays into a larger bigger themes of between like the actual main characters and so it's just how they weave everything together is just so so beautiful um i just never played anything with an aesthetic like this but that was in that was like so intelligent about the way that it dispersed um everything that it was trying to say so yeah, I, I think it's worth a shot, honestly, James. If you, if you, I know we're busy right now with game of the year stuff, and you know you're in the middle of a bunch of mm-hmm. shit. But if you have a spare moment, like maybe next year, like I definitely suggest Near Automata. It's it's a game again that has just never quite left me. Uh, it's it's definitely shook me. I need to try the story again because I I do enjoy the gameplay. Yeah, I will give you that. The gameplay is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but I. Did not catch that. Oh, yeah, I would. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Subject. Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, when I was watching a playthrough of Detroit Become Human, and they compared David Cage's way of writing robots and robot racism and whatever compared to Near Automata, and they're like, David Cage does not know how to write shit, and mm. Near Automata gets it right and better. Yeah, I mean, Yoko Taro, he, he just, he understands subtlety, nuance, um, and I'm not saying David Cage doesn't, I'm not, like, shitting on David Cage, but, like, I can only speak to, because I didn't play Detroit all the way, so I can't speak to that game, but, um, but as far as Nier Automata... Over the head with, like, obvious, like, comparisons to, like, a, a civil rights movement, like, it's not, yeah. like, like, there's no hints, it's obvious, yeah with the automata there's just there there is a lot of subtlety there they they, again they explore a lot of heady themes a lot of complicated shit is is discussed in this game and i mean this is it's it's a difficult game to digest so i don't expect people to play it like i didn't play it and like i had to really ruminate on the game for for like weeks afterward to like make sure i soaked everything in because there's just so much going on um not that it's complicated the plot itself is is not that complicated it's but it's um, everything behind it and, and and what what is Yoko Taro trying to tell you um and that is ultimately he's trying to tell you a story of 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 hope uh and 
positivity. And I think that that's, that's beautiful. Um, in a, in a, in a, under a landscape that's like been decimated, that's been completely destroyed. Um, that's, that's mm-hmm. barren actually. Like it's very, it's a, it's a relatively oppressive game. I, you know, not dark souls oppressive, but like it, it's, it feels, it does get pretty dark. Yeah. It gets very dark. It's very lonely. Like, um, well, even that intro. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a there. There's just a lot of things that I can't really talk about without outright spoiling. And I would love to have a conversation about like the ending sequence of of this game. Again, it's 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 one of the most impressive things I've seen a game do like with its end um, in in a long time. If you play Kingdom Hearts three, you actually know what I'm talking about. But it's just not shitty. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, Uh, but that's that about about wraps it up, guys, for for the show this week and this topic. Um, We're going to go ahead and roll out the red carpet for you guys. Subject, take us out. What have you got for us? Uh, Just surviving the next uh, few weeks and probably helping out with game of the year stuff if you guys need it and all the other good stuff and trying to stay safe. Awesome. Awesome. Really appreciate that. As always, thank you for, for making time to come onto the show. Really appreciate that. And James, what you got for us? Uh, I'm going to echo pretty much everything Subjects got. We're getting ready for game of the year. You know, the year's almost up. So we are going to be working on those lists. Got some, some new games coming down the pipeline every day. Uh, what, Immortals Phoenix Rising tomorrow, Cyberpunk next week. I'm sure some other things are going to sneak in there. So we got a, a lot of stuff coming. Some more content for you guys. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Perfect. Perfect. And I'll go ahead and end us off by saying if you liked what you heard here today go ahead and give us a shout on our apple podcast we're pretty much available wherever you can listen to the podcast uh apple um what is that? apple music and spotify soundcloud facebook instagram all that good stuff check us out at should i play that and uh, if you leave a comment rating like uh, all that helps with the visibility so that is excellent and like everybody else said we're working on game of the year stuff for you and um i'm really excited guys it's going to be a great year a great discussion i think um and i'm, I'm really busy <laughs> with playing some of these things so um, hopefully i can get some more game time in but all right that wraps us up and uh we'll see you guys on the next one have a good one peace